This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report with Rolin Marks. Rolin Marks, Poketov, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good to speak to you. Nice to chat to you. It's, uh, yeah, lots, of course, lots and lots of news happening and a lot to talk about. Let's just start with the this hostage negotiation. Is it something, you know, we, we I, f- I feel like it's a bit of a roller coaster and we get quite excited about it and we hope something is going to happen and then it just kind of fizzles away. I don't know how many of these there have been. Is there a sense that this one is a, a little bit more hopeful? Well, this is what Benny Gantz, who is part of our war cabinet here, is the former Minister of Defence and the RDF uh, Chief of Staff. He says it's still very, very early, but the signs are optimistic. Uh, and then we cross over to the Hamas leadership, and there seems to be this question, you know, what is going on there? Uh, it, it looks like there is a breakdown of communication between Sinwa, if he's still alive. You know, there are reports that uh, he has uh, pneumonia, uh, and nobody seems to know where he is. I don't know how much we believe that, you know, coming from Hamas, because I don't know much we believe any that comes mm. from Hamas, except for the fact that, you know, once somebody tells you they want to uh, eliminate all of you, you know, we believe them because they followed through with actions. Um, but uh, the but Baby Gunn says, you know, that it's very, very early. He says the signs are positive. He says, however, if we do not reach a, a, a deal for the hostages, we will continue into Ramadan. I find this Ramadan thing very strange. I mean, and, and I'm very respectful of everybody's religion. But October the 7th was Simchat Torah and Shabbat. So I, I, I'm not sure that, that why Ramadan should feature here. I, I, am I being insensitive? Well, traditionally in Israel, the, the, the month of Ramadan has always been a time of heightened security. We've seen a significant uptick in, in violent acts. Uh, of course, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, the, the Temple Mount, is always a, a flashpoint uh, that extremists within the Palestinian ranks try and impress upon the world, you know, the lack of uh, religious freedom, which is absolutely not the case. But you are you are correct. Our uh, religious sanctity was not respected on the 7th of October. And yet we know the world will, will absolutely go insane, uh, just as they are going insane about the probability <laughs> yeah. of an incursion into Rafa, when, you know, uh, nobody would have stopped the Allied forces preventing... Uh, or, uh, 
um, uh, the defeat of the Nazis or would have stopped the Allied forces, you know, uh, hunting down ISIS and Al-Qaeda. It's only Israel that is held to an absolute double standard. And this is where we see it. In play. I, I mean, Rolene, as, as uh, one of our listeners, Daryl, says Yom Kippur War. I mean, there's a whole war named after one of our festivals. Our holiest day of the year is the Yom is 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 Yom Kippur. It is a Yom Kippur war. This was Simchat Torah. But can you imagine if Israel has to has to continue its effort to to save its hostages over Ramadan? Okay, so what? I mean, I get it. I, I would love to be respectful of everybody's religion, but I think it's more important to save the lives of the hostages um, in, in a war that Israel didn't ask for and didn't start. It, it, I'm sorry, I'm well, getting quite, quite uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just yeah, bizarre. If we look around the world, and we only had to look at what happened in British Parliament the other night, where it, it, it descended into absolute chaos because they were voting on something which, you know, uh, no, no Israeli member of the war cabinet is going to give a, 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 a toss what the Labour Party and the Scottish National Party think we should be doing because no other country has faced uh, the scenarios that we face here in Israel. And you saw it firsthand. Uh, last week, but uh, you know we live in a, a, a time where there is such a double standard applied, and if you don't go with the uh, the mob rule, uh, they will just threaten you. Well, that's exactly what's and to that uh, what we're seeing. We were speaking to Professor Karen Milner from the South African Jewish Board of Deputies earlier. We see, as you've just mentioned, what's happened in the UK. We see it all the time. I certainly get threats on a daily basis on on social media. It's the the need to shut down a voice, and and I've seen the uptick of it. Uh, talking about my trip um, immeasurably this week because the minute. You put forward a facts of what actually happened. There is a pathological need to shut it down. And I, I'm urging people, if you, if you have to deny something that is very clearly factual and very clearly happened four months ago, then there's something wrong with your narrative. You should be able to look at what happened condemn it, feel for everybody, and then still have another, have, have a, a, a belief system. But if your belief, belief system demands that you deny very clear fact, then, then you've got a problem. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and uh, you have to wonder why uh, the ANC and others are so terrified of people visiting Israel that, you know, they, they push this boycott. Is it because people will be exposed to that other voice and because they will see for themselves that the drivel that you spout and the accusations that you make are absolutely unfounded. Look, Israel is uh, not perfect and we're certainly not saying it, it, it is, but if you look at the, the situation here, it's far, far more complex than, uh, you know, than, than is made out to be. So it is absolutely necessary that all voices are heard. I mean, I only looked th this week at what happened with uh, Prince William and people's response to that. And I read the statement several times and it was the most powerful statement in the world. But everybody uh, projected 
their um, thoughts onto that. Yeah, it's it it really is remarkable. One of my overwhelming um, uh, experiences in the last week in Israel is I found there to be an incredible level of honesty, introspection, um, and just truth, looking at what went wrong, why it went wrong, where people let other people in Israel down. There is absolutely no doubt uh, and recognition. You know, when we're speaking to families of hostages and they tell us that, well, there are different families that have different uh, not agendas, but priorities. So the hostages, families of the soldiers that were taken feel differently to the families, not feel differently, but um, believe in a, in, in, in a different strategy because of where they're at. But they recognize that. And I, I found it incredible that you could have these conversations uh, more so now in Israel than for many, many years that people are listening to each other and they're hearing it and I, I found this really remarkable I mean th th this is a very important fact I, I often get frustrated that uh, the media and, and people don't speak to Israelis you know there are enough uh, uh, multilingual Israelis amongst us mm. folks come and speak to us and you will find a variety of uh, different opinions. You know, uh, Israeli opinions are non-binary. That's what I'm going to say. You know, maybe I've started a whole new flag there. I don't know. But we don't have one opinion. And this is what makes Israel such a vibrant democracy and just so fascinating, is that we do have different opinions and we are able to, to listen to each other um, respectfully because we understand uh, that we all come from a different place and I think that's something that the rest of the world should uh, instead of condemn or ignore or threaten should actually emulate our ability to have very very complex conversations I mean uh, you and I sat in a session uh, last week uh, with several of us uh, Israelis and we you know we, we had our own different takes on everything there's no question and in fact I, I want to repeat in case somebody missed it a conversation I had with uh, General uh, Brigadier General Dan Goldfuss where he was asked the question what do you feel about left-wing media and Haaretz writing sometimes some, some, some really disparaging things about Israel and here's a guy that is pretty much responsible for the war effort in Gaza and his answer which I thought was magnificent was this is the the price I am happy to pay to live in a democracy. And I thought coming from him, a guy that really you would expect to say the war is the focus, getting the hostages back is the focus, everybody else must keep quiet and let us do our job. He didn't say that. He said, I am happy to pay that price in order to live in a democracy. And, and, and what's so interesting to me is that gets thrown in our face very often because as defenders of Israel, we will be sent articles from Haaretz repeatedly. Not that I can read them because I don't pay to go behind the Haaretz uh, wall and I won't. But, but And we sent comments, ugly things that, that maybe some Israeli politicians have made that I vehemently disagree with. But the point is that that is a democracy. 
and and that is that price that Israel is is paying. You won't see those criticisms on the other side because they aren't allowed, and uh, and and I think that is worth bearing in mind. But I have seen, Raleen, my my view, my my distinct impression was that people are much more comfortable to speak openly and perhaps from a position of vulnerability because it's 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 vital that they have the conversations that that they need to have in order to process what happened on October the 7th. Well, you said something uh, to me last week that has stuck with me the whole week and I thought it was absolutely uh, profound and it sums up what we are experiencing here perfectly. You said coming to Israel is like being in a Shiva house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is. And um, I'm going to say something that might be controversial to many of your listeners is that until you are actually here, you don't understand the level of trauma we are experiencing. Yes, everybody's hurting and everybody's experiencing trauma and maybe in South Africa you're experiencing a different kind of trauma but in Israel it's it's on a different level we are a society that's deeply deeply wounded in in, in deep mourning um, on uh, uh, Wednesday it was exacerbated for me as an Israeli as a Jewish woman when I received the ACRI report uh, on, on sexual violence um, and, and we are vulnerable and, and the one thing that we are doing which I'm very proud of us as a nation is we are having conversations with each other we're talking to each other somebody I spoke to yesterday said to me he said I wish I was you he says I can't cry uh, unlike you who does stop crying and, and you summed it up perfectly when you said it's like being in a shiva house yeah and you go into a shiva house often there is there is can be laughter and there can be tears there, there's everything but there's this incredible um, sensitivity and vulnerability and and even if there's laughter you just scratch a little bit beneath the surface and that's what I felt in Israel everything looks normal you go to Tel Aviv and the roads are busy and people are walking on the beachfront and, and life is going on to some extent. Obviously, many people missing because they're they've been called up. But but you do get just half a sec, a, a half a minute of a conversation, and you see the incredible pain that people are in. The other thing, of course, that that I found unbelievable was we went one evening. Uh, we hosted a a bry at one of the bases, and I can't even tell you where it is because I don't know. It was uh, they might as well. You know, we went to so many different places, but we went to a base where there was an enormous, a very large range of of people of of people serving, mainly those doing miluim, doing their their service that they were called up for. And what we saw was from Haredi ultra orthodox through to completely secular. And the energy and the camaraderie between people, between Israelis, is something that I don't know that we've seen for, for a very long time. And some of the Haredi guys that I spoke to, and I was asked the question, why are we obsessed with, why am I obsessed with talking about it? I am because it, it just shows where Israel is at, that here was a group that often chose not to participate or were, were uh, socially found it very difficult to participate and are viewed often 
very negatively by the secular community. And here's everybody sitting at a table, talking to each other, mm-hmm. singing, uh, just just providing support for each other, and and to me that's became was almost a microcosm of Israeli society. It's the Israel Report. You meant to be talking, and I'm rambling, <laughs> rambling on like it's my therapy session. Sorry, your response to that. At least let me ask you that. I think it's important. You know, I've received this meme over the course of the week, which I found absolutely offensive. It's a meme going around of the Israeli soldiers uh, holding up uh, Haredi, and, and it's profoundly offensive because the seventh of October was a seismic event in Israel, and and all these uh, divisions disappeared. And yes, we still have our arguments uh, with each other, uh, but you know. I think it's time for people to stop imposing divisions here. Stop. Just stop. Mm. And, and Howard, your talking has been therapy for me. And uh, I think this is the most important thing that we can have right now as Israelis and as Jews, is to talk to each other, help each other through our pain and our various traumas and uh, come out on the other side. Ne- not the same. We will never be the same never. again, but mm. we will be stronger. Absolutely right. That's where we leave it. Raleen Marks, thank you as always. Wishing you a peaceful weekend and a Shabbat Shalom. It's 8.01. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.